Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, today we have a special guest with us. We've got Craig Loudon from Hogan Real Estate. Welcome, Craig. Hi, Scott and Melinda. Thank you very much for having me today. It's it's an honour. I love your podcast. I listen to them whenever I can. So it's great to be part of it. Excellent. Thank you. So we're um, we're going to dive into a little area um, where where Craig um, lives over that way and and works. Obviously, um, we're going to talk around Camp Hill. Yes, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm delighted to have Craig on the Brisbane Property Podcast today. For those that don't know, um, during the very early wave of the pandemic um, here in Brisbane, um, I interviewed Craig a number of times and we shared those small little interviews on our LinkedIn profiles and Facebook profiles uh, back in the day before the Brisbane Property Podcast existed. And the whole purpose of those little interviews was really just to update people on what we were seeing on the ground. And I guess that's an extension of what our podcast is all about today. And it really is telling the truth of what we're seeing on the ground. So I'm really delighted to have Craig back because Craig's going to share some um, information in terms of what he's seeing over in his area where he sells, which is predominantly um, Carina, Carina Heights and also Camp Hill. But we're also going to delve into some suburb secrets in relation to Camp Hill, which is one of the um, most popular inner southeastern suburbs um, for home buyers and um, and therefore we've got some fantastic little tips and hints to share with some of our listeners today. Now, now Craig, I have noticed, well, for a while now, you do your weekend wraps and you, you tell people um, what's happened on the weekend. I think it's awesome that you know an agent like yourself actually gets out and shares that information with people um, to actually tell them what's happening out, out and about and really bring it down to earth so they can actually see what's going on on a weekend. Yeah, thanks, Scott. I think it's important as well. And I've got a, myself, I've got a philosophy of telling it as it is, tell the truth of how the market is. There's no benefit whatsoever for any of us talking it up when it's going down. There's no benefit talking it down when it's going up either. The market is the market. None of us control the market. We work within the market. So I try and keep my updates as honest as I possibly can based on what I'm seeing on the ground. And let's face it, things are evolving on a weekly basis at the moment, almost daily. Yeah, so absolutely. it's and, and and if I could give you guys a wrap, I think your podcast is great for that as well, because you're letting your listener base and client base know what's happening out there. Yeah. Mm. And I think before we get into some suburb specific information, Craig, um, from your perspective, and I mean we've been reporting week to week what we're actually seeing out on the ground, um, and you know, what we've been seeing and what we've been saying is that um, it's very product specific or very property specific, not so much area specific or location specific in terms of what we are seeing. Some properties are selling like hotcakes and getting still strong numbers through. Others are just sitting and getting no interest. What's your take on the market in the areas that you sell? Exactly that. It's product specific. So I across a weekend will always do 10, 11, 12 open homes across a weekend. And we're seeing a big difference between, there are some properties that we're flat out getting a visitor to our open homes, and there's other properties that are generating still multiple offers or sometimes multiple bids at auctions as well. And it is very product specific. And without delving into it too much, one of the biggest things that I'm seeing is the emergence of popularity of the unit and townhouse market. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I guess that's based on affordability yes. through 
through my area, through most of the inner areas, you can buy into that market for well under a million dollars and in a rising interest rate climate, that's probably quite appealing to the buyers out there because at the end of the day, people still want to purchase properties if they can, if they prefer to avoid renting if they possibly can. So they can buy a unit or townhouse. See, see we're smiling and laughing as you say that, Craig, because I know what Melinda's thinking. And and I can't, I, I do have to go back January. and check. But oh, there you go. In January, I think it was, we did a podcast and we talked about watch the unit and townhouse market. We don't want to say we told you so, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we just, we were watching it with interest, knowing that from so many different things, from, as you said, affordability, um, people moving from down south, they're used to living in units. There are all those people moving up here, what they can actually yep. buy yep. up here in Brisbane, so close to the CBD, yep. that interest in units and townhouses um, was always something we were watching. The other thing I thought of um, when you're talking about the products and what's selling, and again, this is something we've talked a little bit about recently as well. People talk about the market as, you know, it's a big change mm -hmm. and it's a big fall in the market and it's dropping and all these types of things. But we go back to you know, a few months ago, six months even, it was, it was the market on steroids. Mm -hmm. Now, do you feel it's more of the normal market? Yeah, look, I feel it's returning to more of a normal but I do feel that there's a lot of shock out there at the moment. Mm -hmm. There's so much, <clears throat> excuse me, there's so much negativity talk out there in the, in the press in general mm -hmm. that a lot of people, uh, there are a lot of people who are in shock. And I think there's a lot of borderline confusion of should we buy now or should we wait for a few more months or six months or whatever before we do anything? So to me, it feels like it's dipping in interest level but somewhere along the line, it's going to find its new normal and we will be at a normal market. Mm, yeah. It's in a transition, interesting stage at the moment. Fairly hard to put a word on what stage we're at right now. Absolutely agree. Um, I think you've explained it clearly. Uh, the consumer confidence levels have just plummeted yes. and that's off the back of the media messaging. It is very negative. It's very... Um, you know, scary some some of the things that the media are saying. And that's why we always want to tell people what we are actually seeing on the ground because the mass media can have a huge impact on buyer sentiment, on consumer sentiment as a whole. Um, and the reality is unless sellers actually genuinely have to sell, what we'll see is just more properties not selling, um, especially if the buyers are fearful and not wanting to put forward um, and offer where the sellers are willing to let a property go for. And then we'll just get um, properties that either sit for longer or are taken from the market. And the only people that would sell in an environment where, you know, potentially buyer interest is at a lower level are, are people that genuinely have a reason to sell yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that can sometimes skew the data a little bit. The reality is, you know, is property A worth less today than it was six months ago? Um, well, that depends on demand for that specific property yeah. um, more so than what the market as a whole is doing. So that's a big takeaway tip. It's property specific here in Brisbane at the moment. Some locations will fare better than others as the market uh, moves forward because let's face it, homeowners don't sell unless they um, are in dire need. They'll simply cut back discretionary spending in order to hold and retain their properties. Um, will investors sell if interest rates get too high? That's possible, as we've pointed out, in specific areas where people have been chasing yields if those yields are compressing and they're no longer getting those returns um, and they're finding property values are falling and they might offload. But um, that's not what the whole episode today is about. I will just circle back to the comment that you made, Craig, about the unit and townhouse market. 
Um, you mentioned you're seeing stronger demand in that space. You're seeing a shift in people, and and these are in the inner southeastern suburbs of um, Brisbane from the CBD. That is also reflecting in the data. So the most recent update to the end of June shows the unit market is still growing in Brisbane, 0.8% price growth in the unit market, which captures both units and townhouses, whereas that core logic data showed that the housing market was flat across the month of June. So don't believe everything you hear in the media, especially in relation to dwelling values, because it groups units, townhouses and houses all as one. And we've said it a number of times, and you're hearing it also from Craig today, that there is divergence in terms of product type and the demand and also that that relates to how many people are turning up and how many offers are going in and therefore price movement. So Camp Hill, Craig, um, can you give us a, a bit of a local insight location-wise? Obviously, it's over on the southeast of the CBD, just out from the Gabba, um, obviously, which will be the home to the Olympics. Um, East Brisbane nearby, Stones Corner, Cooparoo. Can you give me a little bit of an insight in into Camp Hill? Absolutely. Where is it? It's quite a big area. Absolutely, yep. And specifically for those who aren't overly familiar with Brisbane, Camp Hill as a as a radius from the CBD, the centre of Camp Hill is approximately six kilometres as a radius from the CBD. There's a main road that runs through the centre of Camp Hill by the name of Old Cleveland Road. As a bit of history, back in the 1800s or whatever it would have been, when our ancestors' ancestors were making their way from the bayside suburbs of Cleveland into the CBD, Camp Hill is about, was more than the halfway point, but those in a horse and cart on the day would sleep overnight at the top of Camp Hill, and that's how it got the name of Camp Hill. They would camp overnight as they were taking their goods from the bayside suburbs into the CBD. I love that. That's history. how I got the name of Camp Hill. That's no, exactly right. There you go. The development of Camp Hill itself, one the housing development, started in the mid 1920s. So there's a, still a lot of character 1920s gabled Queenslanders through the suburb of Camp Hill. And then, as happens with most suburbs, slowly but surely the spread came out and there was more construction, more new homes built in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s right through to the 1970s. So predominantly Camp Hill is a tin and timber suburb, as I like to call them. There's a lot of Queenslanders through there, a lot of post-wars, but there's, there's also a little section of Camp Hill that has a nickname of White's Hill, which is 1970s and early 1980s brick homes as well. So it's quite broad, but predominantly there's character Queensland. So you get homes. a bit of a mix, obviously, you there do. with that. You do. You actually to say the tin and timber, the traditional type of homes, yep. and then the more probably the younger part, as you would call it, yep. of yep. Camp Hill, as you move away, it becomes a bit more of your brick high brick. and high-set homes. Mm -hmm. okay. But there's only a small percentage of those that's got, that's just a small area, really. It wouldn't be 10% of the suburb. And one thing that you'd notice in Camp Hill, there's not a lot of high-density development through Camp Hill. It'd be interesting to know the data or the stats on the unit and development um, the pipeline, the pipeline yeah. versus the house. There's a lot more homes, yeah. a lot more freestanding homes in Camp Hill. And it's really interesting because, you know, from a developer's perspective and just understanding the city plan, Camp Hill is one of those locations where recently residents um, were behind a reversal of some of the changes in density. So we saw yeah. um, throughout the, the 1990s and into the early um, 2000s, developers were building townhouses and units in behind character Queenslanders yep. and, 
and then the push came out to preserve Brisbane's backyard. And it, um, for those that may be aware, Brisbane's future blueprint was um, announced and what that did was um, actually decrease the potential for future development in some of these suburban backyards um, and preserve the character Queenslanders and the neighbourhoods where those yeah. character Queenslanders are kept. So Camp Hill's definitely one of those locations that benefited from um, the preservation of the original landscape and, and therefore uh, reducing the potential for more townhouses and units in the area. So there is a sprinkling um, throughout the suburb of Camp Hill of units and townhouses. But as you said, there's a dominance of character homes. Um, and who wouldn't want to live in a place like Camp Hill? Because when we look at the proportion of owner-occupiers to the proportion of um, renters, um, there's only 28% rented properties in Camp Hill and the balance are owner-occupiers. Mm. So very much dominant, um, a dominant population group. Yep, that doesn't surprise me to hear that stat, Melinda. And, and then predominantly those owner-occupiers are made up of, if I could use the word professional couples, mm -hmm. yep. most likely with one or two children. Obviously, a lot of um, no children professional couples as well, but predominantly younger families moving in there. As an ageing suburb, a lot of the original people have now moved out of the suburb to aged care and retirement facilities or whatever else, well and truly replaced by younger families. And I would say if I had to have a stab at the age group, there would be a lot of 35 to 45-year-olds throughout Camp Hill, I would imagine. I love that your anecdotal evidence actually aligns with the stats and I'm looking at the Australian Bureau of Statistics data. So this is what local knowledge helps you to understand. Anyone listening to this podcast, local knowledge, you just know who lives in your suburb. Yeah, well, that was a pure guess. I'm glad, I'm glad that I came up trumps. And, and you've got housing, um, you know, breakdown. There's 77% of houses in Camp Hill yeah. are family households, yeah. you know, so um, families with young children children, families with teenage children. So. And you can see why they wanted to preserve the suburb and not have so much multi-unit dwelling through there. And there was a big, there's a big community of people that are against the high density development through that suburb. They want it, they're not against progress, but they do not want their suburb to be littered where you can't get a park on the street and all the rest of it, because that's where they live as a family. Yeah. So, so if it's the families. Young families, as you say, or professional couples, um, school-wise in the area. Yeah, I, I know there's um, Camp Hill State School. So yep. as you drive out Old Cleveland Road, it's yep. the um, the swim club is the crocodile. So I've seen, <laughs> seen that well and truly because we have a similar one in Wilston. They're called the crocodiles. Yep. Um, other schools in the area? Camp Hill State School is by far and away the most sought-after state education facility yep. in the area. From a private school point of view, St Thomas's Catholic Primary School and it is, is a catchment and also Mount Carmel Primary School, which is based in Cooparoo, but a lot of the Camp Hill community send their kids there. They are easily the most sought after primary schools in the area, St Thomas's predominantly, yep. that sits in Camp Hill. And then from there, the kids tend to feed in from the, in the private system, they'll feed into the Catholic schools of Villanova for the boys, Loretto for the girls, yep. and then a number of them will also go into St Lawrence's in South Brisbane yeah. and and in, in other cases, of course, to Churchy and into Somerville House. Yeah. Um, from, a, from a public secondary school education, a lot of Camp Hill sits in the, um, sits in the Cav Road High School catchment, mm -hmm. yeah. which is a very sought after high school. Yeah. There's a lot in the Whitehill 
high school catchment as well, which isn't as sought after. They're, they're getting there. But cab riders are sought after high school. The, yeah, um, yeah, the education department yeah. has spent a lot of money on that. I've got a friend school. that uh, I'm not sure if he still is, haven't been in contact with age. I think he was the principal over that way yeah, at Cavendish Road High yeah, School. So, yeah. um, so what do people buy for the bang for your buck, medium price? Uh, what sort of properties do you get in, in Camp Hill? Okay, so. Given that there's so many families, mum, dad, and a couple of kids, generally, in general, they would be looking for, where possible, four bedrooms, two bathrooms, and a block that's anywhere from 450 to 600 square metres. They would be paying for a good one that they could walk into and not have to do any work whatsoever. They'd be paying 1.5 and above for a nice family home that is moving, living ready. You can also still get into that suburb at around a million though, Mm. that you you can. There's not a lot of choice at around a million. And we're talking houses here at the moment, obviously, we're not talking the units and townhouses. Um, But 1.5, I I believe that the median is somewhere in that range, that depending upon the conflicting data, data, it's Mm -hmm. anywhere from 1.4 to 1.6 is the median price. And that's true. Obviously, there's some parts of Camp Hill that is elite. There's some of the elite homes of the south side of Brisbane belonging Camp Hill, mm. where three and four million dollar sales happen through that area. Mm. But we're talking a smaller percentage of the market there. Most of Camp Hill's purchase prices, I would imagine, would be anywhere from one point four to early twos. And and outlook views. There's a few hills in that area. A little bit biased here, Scott. Yeah. I think that Camp Hill has the best city views best in city Brisbane. Views. <laughs> Western sun as you're looking over at only, the city at only between three and five, Melinda. <laughs> that, might, that, might that, uh, that might push that price point above yeah. that 1.5. Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, there's some beautiful views yeah, there. there yeah. Well, where, where our ancestors camped on Old Cleveland Road is some of the best. You get to the very top before you head down into Cooparoo, the views from the top of Old Cleveland Road are spectacular. Yeah, I've done some renovations over that way many years ago now um, when I was uh, on the tools and building. Um, and then we did some um, properties in Campbell, um, beautiful city views um, and some lovely houses in those areas that's sort of up and down through those hills. That, and that just area. to explain the, the outburst of, of laughter there, our Brisbane residents have a divide, north side versus south side. That river is a real divide. And um, you would know if you're listening to this podcast as a long-term listener that Scott and I are north side residents. So we'll always argue that the uh, the views from the north side of Brisbane into the CBD are superior to the views from the south side, but that's just a local banter and um, that's what happens when you're a Brisbaneite and you, you always, you know, debate which side of the river is better. So apologies if anyone debate. didn't understand no, we that banter. <laughs> I showed my passport when I crossed the river this morning. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you paid your toll. Yeah. <laughs> um, so getting around, um, public transport-wise, um, Camp Hill getting in and out of the city, those sorts of things? Yep, okay. So again, back to Old Cleveland Road, that being the main transport corridor, there is a very, very, very efficient bus service that that run, that really it starts at Westfield Carindale, which is maybe three kilometres east of Camp Hill. That's the bus terminal. And the bus route runs along Old Cleveland Road down through Cooparoo and into the CBD from there. There's a proposal in place for the busway to make its way along Old Cleveland Road. We don't know when that's going to happen. At the moment, the busway ceases at Stones Corner and then the bus transport, you're actually on Old Cleveland Road from there. Mm. It's a fairly efficient service, but the the one thing that I can't be biased about when it comes to Camp Hill is 
the bus network doesn't quite match what you get on a busway. Yeah, definitely. But you think you would think in the future, um, and looking ahead, obviously we can't predict it. But you know, with the Olympics coming in twenty thirty two, and you've got um, the Sleeman Sports Complex. Pardon me, just out at Carindale Way. Um, you've got the Sleeman Sports Complex, which has got it'll have it's got the swimming pool. Um, not that they'll, they'll use part of that thing picks, um, but it's also got the enemies, the the, um, the cycling. Yep. Um, and then right through, then once you come back through, then Carindale Westfield, mm. as you talk about that connection up to where Stones Corner, Langlands Pool, that type of setup, mm. once you come in through there, you would think that that is going to be something that will probably be planned ahead. It's absolutely the proposal. Mm. Uh, you, I believe that you can look at the proposals online somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this did start a while ago. Yeah. I remember that, yeah, hearing about it a while ago. It's been in There's the planning a, phase It has for been a while. in the planning phase funded. for a while. And yeah. I might, to the best of my knowledge, the, the state government have have purchased a number of properties along Old Cleveland Road with yeah. that, uh, which they have subsequently rented. So that they will put the busway along there. But it is, it's a way off. It makes sense. When you, when you look at the link between to. that area, and as you said back in the, what were we, the 1800s, yeah. <laughs> the link between the bayside. Yeah. And the city yep. that is a perfect link through that way. Yeah, and that, you'd think in the future that that just makes sense. And let's not forget the fact that um, the tram system that Brisbane Thank used you. to operate yeah. um, actually ran through the corridor that we're talking about right now. And on previous podcasts, Scott and I have talked about the fact that you know previous Brisbane City Council um, you know representatives actually decided that the tram network was no longer efficient and that they'd build more and more roads. And obviously that was in a, at a time when our city was much less densely populated than it is now. Looking back, perhaps a tram along that corridor right yes. now would be, you know, really efficient and it would move a lot more people um, in a more efficient way. But the tram lines still mm -hmm. exist along still parts right. of and, that and corridor. Part of the part of the um, issue that, that, our, that our governments, our planners of today are dealing with is that that tram line is actually protected. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is, I, the, the correct word may not be heritage protected, but essentially that tram line is heritage mm. protected. So right. it'd be the easiest thing for them to rip out and run the busway along yeah. there. But they but can't it, do they, it. They can't do it, it's protected, mm. which I'm glad about. And as an FYI, where that tram line finished was called the Belmont Terminus, yeah. which yep. sits in Carina. My office is right there. Yeah, that's where my. There you go. My if you're wanting to ends. find where Craig is at Tobin Real Estate, catch the tram and you'll find me. <laughs> you might wait for the tram for a while, but yeah, uh, follow the tram line and you'll get there. So, a, a little bit of insight then in what people do. Um, what What's are what are some of the areas, lifestyles, walking the dog, those types of things? Yeah. So, obviously, being a family area, you'll see people out walking the dog regularly in the mornings and the afternoons. There's there's some beautiful local parks in Camp Hill and there's some great dog parks in there as well. I won't go into the names of those specifically, but there, there are some wonderful parks there. There's a, there's a wonderful bowls club in Camp Hill called yep. Camp Hill Bowls Club, which then flows onto a park that's known as Camp Hill, uh, Perth Street Park. Yep. That is a real community and congregation area. Mm -hmm. People love that. It's opposite St Thomas's Primary School. So that community uses it heavily. You go there on a sunny Sunday morning and it's chockers full of people who have picked up a local coffee. Yep. Also, Camp Hill adjoins a beautiful bushland reserve by the name of Whites Hill Bushland Reserve. 
that has really found its feet, the White Hill Bushland Reserve. I'm seeing more walkers using the trails and the tracks through there than I can ever remember in all of my time living and working in the area. Okay. People are just trudging through there. There's a lot of nature, wildlife, koala spotting and all of those things. And that's right at the that's a backdrop to the suburb of Camp Hill. It literally adjoins the suburb. It's a big area. It's a huge area. Yeah. It's a huge area. It's totally gazetted as as preserved bushland. Mm. And, and it is used, it actually also adjoins um, some wonderful sporting fields that are right on Camp Hill. You can, you can take your children to the local soccer club, touch footy club, cricket club. That's all there within the Whites Hill precinct and, and, and adjoins Camp Hill as a suburb. So it has a lot of facilities for families. Yeah, and on the other side of that, I think, is um, there's the hockey fields at East. Yeah, um, very true. Which is just out of Camp Hill, obviously. Yep, yep. Um, Clem Jones. Clem Jones is in Carina, and that is a massive community centre. It has a huge gymnasium that they built. They spent millions on the gymnasium. It has a wonderful club, and you can play all of the sports there. So the Clem Jones would be no more than a five-minute drive from the suburb of Camp Hill, and all sports are there for the kids. Coffee. I think that we all like to know um, where we can get a good coffee. Now, these sorts of suburbs that are gentrifying so rapidly, I guess you could write a list, um, you know, five pages long for where you can get good coffee. But do you have a favourite that you want to share with our listeners? I'll share a couple. So in Camp Hill, there's a little precinct called the Martha Street Precinct. There's several coffee shops there, little restaurants and cafes and whatever extremely popular. The local community love the Martha Street Precinct. Mm-hmm. There's a few little hidden gems around the place. I might show my bias if towards <laughs> one if I start mentioning them in Camp Hill. So, and your listeners may hear me, so <laughs> they're all great. They all do a good coffee. I'll mark them all. But there's a hidden gem in Camp Hill by the name of Camp Hill Antique Centre. Mm-hmm. Most people if they don't live in Camp Hill, do not know this place exists. So on Old Cleveland Road, there was a picture theatre, a movie cinema back in the day, an older style movie cinema. That's been transformed into the Camp Hill Antique Centre. If you're driving along Old Cleveland Road, you wouldn't know what happens there because you see that it's a cafe where you can get a coffee and eggs benedict. But it's huge, it's double story, and it's a labyrinth of antiques that you can browse or purchase. I'd recommend anybody who is a lover of antiques or anything old world go to the Camp Hill Antique Centre. And so I say that without place. bias because yep. I, I'm not a frequenter of the Camp Hill Antique Centre, mm. but I know that it's a little hidden gem in the suburb. Sounds like an experience in itself. It is. It actually is. Shopping. It is. It's yep. not just a cafe, yeah. definitely. Mm, good. And obviously shopping centres. Um, we did mention nearby's um, Carindale Westfield. Yep. Obviously a huge, huge, huge complex. Um, I know also nearby the new Cooparoo Centre yep, yep. Uh, as well. So Camp Hill are in that Camp area. Camp Hill Marketplace would be the most utilised shopping village, if I could use the word shopping village. So Camp Hill Marketplace has Woolies, which is obviously a major draw card, yep. and then a lot of specialty butcher stores, delis, numerous cafes and restaurants. It's got everything. It's got, it's got an Indian restaurant, a um, Vietnamese restaurant, grilled, pizza takeaways, all of those sorts of things, plus the specialty food stores there. And, of course, newsagent, little post office pharmacy. Mm. That's called Camp Hill Marketplace. Always hard to get Always into Always hard to get into, Melinda, 100%. Been there multiple times myself. The whole it's time. a meeting place. It is a meeting place. It yeah. is, yeah. 
Oh, that's good. Now, obviously, when we talk about staying fit and healthy, you've mentioned so many options in terms of um, local parklands and being, you know, such a subtropical environment here in Brisbane. You know, what better way to get out and about than um, in nature and, and to enjoy it that way? And you mentioned the people that live there quite often. You'll see them out walking dogs and taking advantage of some of that parkland, like the White Hills, uh, White Hill Reserve. But um, are there any other, you know, places that people frequent to, to stay fit and healthy, I'm yeah, assuming? Yeah, the, the local fitness centres, and I think this would go with most gentrified suburbs as well. There's there's numerous local uh, SNAP, Good Life gyms and, and those sorts of places. A lot of Pilates centres popping up now. I'm really noticing the yeah. emergence of there's several Pilates mm. um, stores, or for want of a better word, yep. studios popping up through the area, and they're used big time. But I think it's a suburb that people get out and walk as much as anything. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Melinda has a question here, which I I always laugh about, Craig. Any (laughs) local hairdressers? (laughs) We mums like to know where we can get our hair done. I'm sure there is. The beauty places, again, as you said with the Pilates, I think there's, isn't there the beauty places and the hair, not so much the hair salons, I suppose, these days, but all those beauty places seem to be popping up around the place in every suburb. Yeah, there are. There, there's numerous specialty beauty stores. There, there really are. In fact, if you go just the other side of the border from Camp Hill into Carina, there's a hair studio there by the name of Zen, Z-E-N. Very, very popular. Those guys work day and night. It's right. Yeah, that's a very popular place. In the Camp Hill Marketplace, there's more of where Scott and I would go to. There's yep, a barber there barber. That, would, that would find out three <laughs> remaining hairs and sort us out. <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> that's all we need. Oh, um, but, yeah, there, there's numerous specialty um, beauty salons. So pretty yeah. much covers everything. As you it said, like, when you look at what we've talked about, it does cover everything in that lifestyle mm. and, you know, if people want to live within 6Ks from the CBD, yeah. um, it's ticking a lot of boxes um, for, for a lot of things, fitness, health, um, you know, lifestyle. shopping, lifestyle, the whole lot, and affordability as well. And it's hugely popular. So I've always found over the years that Camp Hill has been a economically stable suburb, mm. economically stable in the demographic that live there. There's, there's a lot of that stability. And I've found that the property prices over the years as well, through my time as an agent, I've never really seen any dips in prices when the markets come off the boil. It's always held its own. It's, and I guess that stands to reason those character homes, the demographic and the proximity to the CBD, it, I would call Camp Hill as a safe haven mm. for somebody that is investing their money into the suburb, Absolutely. whether as an investor or an owner-occupier, because whichever way you go, you're investing. Yes. So it's a safe haven. It really is. And we can even, you know, break that down further. When we look at safety, we look at, you know, what risk does a suburb bring if we're buying into a suburb, um, especially in an environment where interest rates are rising. And we can look at Camp Hill and know that that. The demographic um, have a weekly family income well above the state average for Queensland. You're um, in a very high income demographic compared to a lot of other locations around Brisbane as well. So generally, when people are earning higher incomes, the impact of rising interest rates is less dramatic um, for those that are already in the market. So again, um, looking at how do we de-risk when we buy, um, buying into areas where people are on high incomes is one of the strategies that can be used. And there's only 28% that rent, as you mentioned earlier as well. So a lot of owner-occupiers mm-hmm. on, on good incomes as well. Um, 
Craig, obviously you service that area, um, Camp Hill, Carina, Carina Heights, all in around that area. Um, Tobin Real Estate, how do they get in touch if people want to get have a chat to you? Well, they either go to you and you'll pass. Yep, <laughs> pass but no, I'm, I'm con as contactable as anybody. You can Google Tobin Real Estate. My name's there. You can look me up, Craig Loudon. And of course, I have a mobile number, which is 0411 878 178. And I'll happily take any of your, your clients or listeners' calls to help them out at any time I, at all. I yep. think if people are looking that in that area and they want... You know, want to sell their property, definitely have a chat to Craig. Thank you. Um, Thank you, know, you. The, way, the way that you operate, um, I think we'd highly recommend people Thanks, have a chat as well. Cheers. And we'll put those um, contact details in the show notes for anyone that is wanting to get in touch and have a chat to Craig about what's happening in the local market or perhaps you're wondering what your property may be worth if you are looking to sell at any time in the future. Reach out to Craig. He's um, going to give you an honest appraisal and um, help you understand you know, the best solution for your personal situation. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you, Melinda and Scott. Aren't these great, interesting times? They are. Yeah, they yes. really are. I'm loving it. I'm thriving on this changing market. Yeah, it's, we are. We it's are so well, interesting actually. and so it's so interesting. I think helping buyers through changing markets is where, you know, both sales agents and buyers agents can add so much value because yeah. there is so much mixed messaging out there in the media. You can look at data and depending on what data you're looking at, it might tell a different story. But being on the ground, helping people understand what we're actually seeing, who's turning up at open homes, the conversations that are taking place, that's the most um important information at a time like this when you know we're seeing things change and transition so you know speaking to people like yourself Craig thank you so much for your contribution to the podcast today um, I think it just adds so much value for people that thank are looking you. to you know buy in Brisbane or sell in Brisbane thank you and um, look I'll, I'll let it's been a good wrap actually Camp Hill we've I think a lot of people have got some good um, good interesting facts out of that some good tips good coffee shops um, next time we're over that way, we'll pop in and have a coffee with you. Good hairdressers. Um, good hairdressers. Good hairdressers. <laughs> maybe next time. Um, but look, um, thanks very much for coming, Craig. I will, um, as usual, I'll let Melinda wrap things up um, and say a, thank, a final thank you and thank our listeners. And until next week, we'll, um, we'll talk again soon. Take care. Bye for now. So, Craig, thanks once again for your time today. Thank you, Melinda and Scott, very much. Thanks for having me. It's a little bit of an honour being able to um, speak about my suburb. It's, it's wonderful that I can get there. I would have to say, and I, and I say this because it's deeply how I feel, I think more now than I've seen in the last decade, the need for people to take advice from you guys, from buyer's agents, is stronger than I can ever remember. Due to the uncertainty out there and the fact that you're on the ground daily, every day of the week knowing what's going on, people need to be in contact with you to get an open, honest opinion of what's happening out there in the marketplace rather than relying on the mass media. So well done to you guys for providing the service that you provide and best wishes to your listeners moving forward too. Thanks for the Thanks, wrap, Craig. Craig. Anyone would think that we'd paid you to, to give us a bit of a plug there. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we it's, know it's that that's how I generally place. feel. It is how yeah, I really you. feel. Thank mm. you. No, we really appreciate that. And I hope you guys um, listening to the podcast today really appreciate the information that Craig has been able to share with us today. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to our podcast. Um, if you do enjoy these episodes, please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes and help your uh, friends and families to understand some of the information that we share so that we can increase our audience on a week-to-week -week basis. Have a fabulous week and we will be in touch again next week. Bye for now.
Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.